0: such as it is. Amen. Could we lift our voices together tonight? Thank you for the privilege of coming together. Jesus, we worship you. Everything we need, we find in you, the Almighty God. Thank you, Lord, for answering prayer. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of prayer. We lift up your name in this room tonight, O God. We pray that you would be glorified in our worship. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the privilege of coming together. Thank you, Lord, for your grace manifested to us. We worship you, O Lord. We bless your name, O God. Great and mighty you are in every way beyond what we can comprehend. Thank you, Lord, for your love toward us. Thank you, Lord, for your grace upon us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Hallelujah, we worship your name tonight, and we bless your name here. We open our heart, mind, and spirit unto you, Father. We open our spirit unto you, Father. We desire your word and spirit ministry into our lives. We open it unto you, Father. Let your will and work be done with each one of us. We thank you. We worship you tonight. We give you glory in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Praise God. So good to have you here in the house of the Lord tonight. Great to be here. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you be seated if you'd like to. And we are thankful. We're asking Sister Schoonover to come. And would you let the Lord speak into your spirit tonight? Amen.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Are you having a good week? God is so good. There's been such a richness of the word in my life lately. Sometimes you read the word and you read it and for whatever reason you read it and you feel like it's almost out of duty. You stop and you pray and you ask God, oh, give me revelation and help me to read what I'm supposed to read and to understand it. And then you continue to read and it's almost out of duty and you're not like feeling anything, but you really want to feel something. But you know that it's just the right thing to do, and you consume it, and it is a good thing, and it is already the anointed word. So whether we feel anything or not, it is the right thing to do, to read and to study the word of God, his uh, last will and testament. But when you read the word of the Lord and you, you just are so excited, you open it up and the words jump off of the page and you just can't read enough. And, and one scripture leads you down a rabbit trail of what you've read that scripture, maybe 50 times, but for whatever reason, it has a whole new perspective or a whole new light. What? And so you study that out. And then you go down another rabbit trail. And then you go down another rabbit trail. And oftentimes for me, it's a whole bunch of different rabbit trails and not a whole picture. But I find it all very interesting. And and I thank the Lord I'm married to a man that can pull it all together for me. All I have to do is tell him about it. And he'll say, oh, yeah, yada, 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 yada. And I'm thankful for that. Not too long ago, I was reading in my daily one-year Bible, and oftentimes, um, not oftentimes, but sometimes, I I pray the Word. And I'd, I'd been in my time of prayer that morning, and I just felt like I was supposed to pray the Word that day. How many of you, have you ever prayed the Word, held your Bible, and prayed the Word? There's some really good, because it is the anointed word of God. And if you're in a spirit of prayer, you can pray the word and pray these things over you in the Holy Ghost. Well, I felt like I was supposed to pray the word, and so I just went to my daily reading for that day. My one-year Bible, grabbed it, and... I really, I just went to the Psalms. It's easier to pray the Psalms. On that day, it was Psalms 106. And this is not where we're going to stay, but I want to start there and show you. I just want to share with you and take you down some of my rabbit trails I had that day. I found them interesting, and I think you will too. And maybe the Lord, he, he has spoken to me in so many different layers on this study. I believe the Lord can speak to all of us. So I was praying the word. It's pretty safe to pray Psalms, right? You don't necessarily always want to pray Amos. You definitely don't want to pray. And and some of the minor prophets I'm trying to read through right now are kind of tough. You really don't want to pray the word and pray Revelation, Psalms is pretty, pretty easy to pray. So I was praying, and that day it took me to Psalms 106. And the beginning of the chapter and the end of the chapter begins with praise ye the Lord and ends with praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercies endure forever. Thank you, God. Your mercies endure forever. Thank you, God. You are good. And your mercies endure forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all of your praise? Verse 3. Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doeth righteousness at all times. Verse 4. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that thou bearest unto thy people. Oh, visit me with thy salvation. Verse 5. That I might see the good of thy chosen, and that I might rejoice in the gladness of thy nation, that I might glory with thine inheritance. It was easy to pray this. Verse 6. We have sinned with our fathers. We have committed iniquity, and we have done wickedly. Oh, 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 wait. Hold on. I don't want to pray that. Verse 7. Our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt. They remembered not the multitude of thy mercies, but provoked them at the sea, even at the Red Sea. So by now I quit praying. And I just kept reading. And I felt like I was supposed to read this out loud. And God's okay if I want to pray a couple of verses and, not, not, and just read a couple of verses. Verse 7, our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt. They remembered not the multitude of thy mercies, but provoked him at the Red Sea, even at the Red Sea. Verse 8, nevertheless, he saved them for his namesake, that he might be his mighty power to be known. That he might make his mighty power to be known. Verse 9. He rebuked the Red Sea also, and it was dried up. So he led them through the depths as through the wilderness, verse 10. And he saved them from the hand of him that hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy, verse 11. The waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. Then believed they his words, and they sang his praise. They soon forgot his works, and they waited not for his counsel. Okay, we're going to continue. But basically, the last five or six verses talked about the, the uh, exodus out of Egypt and the wilderness And how God saved them through that. And now they're forgetting already his works. And so the rest of Psalms 106, I found, are pockets of they didn't believe, they were unfaithful, but God helped them, saved them, poured grace on them nonetheless. In this, in this, in this. And we'll go on. Verse 14. But they lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and they tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request. That was probably the, the quail. And he sent leanness to their soul. They, then they envied Moses also in the camp. And Aaron, the, the saint of the Lord. That's that time they envied and they rose up against Moses and Aaron. Verse 17. The earth opened up and swallowed up Dathan and covered the company of Ab- Abraham. And a fire was kindled in their company. The flame burned up the wicked. They made a calf in Horeb and worshipped the molten image. Thus they changed their glory into the similitude of an ox that eateth grass. They forgot God, their savior, which had done great things in Egypt. Wondrous works in the land of Ham and terrible things by the Red Sea. Therefore, he said that he would destroy them had not Moses, his chosen, stood before him in the breach and turned away his wrath, lest he should destroy them. So we're seeing story after story where the children of Israel failed and God extended his grace one more time, one more time. Let's continue. Yea, they despised the pleasant land and they believed not his word. But murmured in their tents and hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord. Therefore, he lifted up his hand against them to overthrow them in the wilderness. To overthrow their seed also among the nations and to scatter them. In their lands, they joined themselves also unto Baal-peor, and ate the sacrifices of the dead. I'm going to look at my Bible, verse twenty-nine. Thus they provoked him to anger with their intentions, and the plague brake upon them. Verse thirty. Then stood up Phinehas and executed judgment, so the plague was stayed. And that was counted unto him for righteousness unto all generations forevermore. And that is is where I stopped. Because you're reading about tragedy, 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 tragedy. And then we come across this. They joined themselves unto Baal-peor and ate the sacrifices of the dead. Thus they provoked him to anger with their intentions, inventions, and the plague broke in upon them. Then stood up Phinehas and executed judgment, and so the plague was stayed. And that was counted unto him, Phinehas, for righteousness unto all generations forevermore. So where was I at this point? Have you ever heard of Phineas? Phinehas. I haven't. I haven't. I'm sure. I try and read the Bible through every year, but it. it I, I can't say that his name has ever really stood out to me. And at that point, I'm like, who is this guy? Phineas. And that was counted unto him for righteousness unto all generations forevermore. And he broke a plague. I'm thinking, what plague? What plague is that? Well, it just so happened Bishop wasn't in the house, so I looked for myself. And that took me to the book of Numbers, if you'll go there with me. Numbers 25, and that's what we're going to talk about today. The book of Numbers, um, the children of Israel were... um, We're about to leave, and um, they, um, in the book of, uh, in Numbers, it's about chapter 10. Moses and Aaron inquire with Moses' brother-in-law. I want to say his name is Hobab, H-O-B-A-B son and brother-in-law his brother-in-law in numbers chapter 10 and they asked him to be their guide in the wilderness they asked him to join with them um they asked him they said i'm going to go back and find it let's find it numbers chapter 10 i know it's in the uh, verse oh thank you verse 29 I'll start at 28. Thus were the journeyings of the children of Israel according to their armies when they set forward. So the whole, all their armies, they're about to go forward. And Moses said unto Hobab, the son of Rachel, the Midianite, Midianite, Moses' father-in-law. We are journeying into the place of which the Lord said. I will give it to you. Come thou with us, and we will do thee good, for the Lord has spoken good things concerning Israel. And he said unto him, I will not go, but I will depart to mine own land and to my kindred. And he said, Leave us not, I pray thee, for as much as thou knowest how we are to encamp in the wilderness, that thou mayest be to us instead of eyes. Like, how are we to know where to go in the wilderness, basically, is what he's saying. And it shall be, if thou go with us, it shall be that what goodness the Lord shall do unto us, he will do unto you. So this is Moses, God's chosen man. And he's, he's instead of just going into the wilderness in a trust factor, he's hiring a guide. And this guy happens to be, I believe, he's a Moabite or a Midianite. He's a Midianite. I know he's one or the other. His father was, yep, they're Midianites. The Midianites and the Moabites, just a little bit of information, they're from the same seed of Abraham, Israel. But they are actually the seed of Lot. And they actually came from Lot's sons through relationships of incest with their sisters. And that is how that tribe started. Not a good foundation. And then throughout the Moabites and the Midianites uh, camps, you'll hear references of Baal. Baal Peor was what we read about. Baal, you'll see Baal a couple of times in the Old Testament. Baal is not the name of one God. Baal just means God, a God. Baal of Peor means the God of Peor. Peor is the place they were. I can't get past Eor. <laughs> is anybody with me on that? What's that cartoon? Thank you. That's what I think of. Baal of Eeyore. So, Baal of Peor. So, it means the God of Peor of that place. So, basically, in Numbers 10, Moses, Moses, the man, the God-called man who took, who stood before God, who God talked with, hired a guide. Come with us, the guide says, the, you know, Midianite, the Moabite. says, no. I'm going to return back to my land, but you don't see whatever God, good God reigns upon us. He will reign upon you. So there's this conversation. And I said that to say, he is eventually says yes. And then Hobab or however you pronounce his name, H-O-B-A-B, then is the guide and leads them through the wilderness that was the beginning of the intermixing of the children of Israel with the Midianites and the Moabites, who had many other gods. In the beginning, they started; they served Yahweh. But they had many other gods if you follow their lineage all the way through. So the Midianites and the Moabites were watching the children of Israel throughout the book of Numbers, and all they saw was, these. this is a huge army. There are millions of people, and whenever they come against a tribe, they win because the blessings of God are upon them, and if you go back in between Numbers 20 and, and 23, 24, um, Uh, What the king, uh, the chief of the uh, Moabites hires a prophet, a prophet for hire. And his name was Balaam. It was Balak. The king's name was Balak. The prophet for hire was Balaam. Pretty sure. Got to look that up. Was it? Thank you for the heart. And Balaam is used of God a prophet a prophet God talks through a prophet God talks through a prophet for the very day what you're to do where you're to go and the future it was prophets prophets or wrote the old testament Balak wanted Balaam to curse the Israelites And Balaam tried seven times. And God wouldn't let him do it. Every time he opened his mouth, if you read that, then he he pronounces a blessing. I I just thought that was so interesting. All of this started because I was going to pick up the word and and pray, pray the word. And Psalms 106 was... My psalm that day. Phineas jumped out at the page, had to look him up. You know, God is just good. And it got me into numbers, and I've read through numbers a number of times, but I just found this all so interesting. So that led us up to this, and this is, this is where I was going with all of this. This poor girl. Is she okay? Yeah. She needs some water. Okay. Okay. I feel sorry for you. I'm sorry. When my granddaughter is coughing, I just want to pick her up and hug her. Poor thing. Let's pray right now. Father, you are the healer. I pray that you give liberty breath that you you touch her body. Jesus, she needs a healing, she needs a touch from you. You are the healer. Father, Father, we lean upon you in always. We lean upon you in always. We seek you as the healer. We seek you, O oh Lord. I pray you touch her in Jesus name. Amen. So I'm going to start reading in the the King James Version in in Numbers chapter 25. And Israel abode in Shittim, Shittim, and the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. So we talked about how the intermingling began with the Midianites and the Moabites. And they called the people unto the sacrifices of their gods. The Moabites did. They called the people unto the sacrifices of their gods. And the people did eat, and they bowed down to their gods. And Israel joined himself unto Baal Peor. That's their false god in Peor. And the anger of the Lord kindled against Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses... Take all of the heads of the people and hang them up before the Lord against the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may be turned away from Israel. And Moses said unto the judges of Israel, "Slay ye every one of his men that were joined unto Baal-peor." And behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought unto his brethren a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses. And in the sight of all of the congregation of the children of Israel. Who were weeping before the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. So imagine that. The Israelites were committing adultery. Committing fornication with the Moabite women. God was angry. He said, take every one of the Israelite heads. Slay them. Hang their heads up against the sun. That's pretty gross. And the people of Israel are standing before the tabernacle, the congregation, and they're weeping and wailing. And an Israelite comes in right before them, dragging a Midianite woman with him. Well, a young man by the name of Phinehas, verse 7, and when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, who was the son of Aaron, the priest, saw it. He rose up from among the congregation and he took a javelin in his hand. Callum. Imagine this like five feet long. He took a javelin in his hand. And he went after the man of Israel and into the tent and thrust both of them through the man of Israel and the woman through her belly. I don't know what came out. I know that's not funny, but the kids are listening. This really happened. This is the Bible. This is not a movie. This is not a story. This really happened. A a man by the name of Phineas. He was so angry at the sin. He was so angry that that Israelite man Here they are weeping before the tent of the congregation, before the tabernacle. They're weeping because Moses has just told them the judgment that's going to come upon them. And here comes this young, rowdy toddy Israelite man dragging this Midianite woman into a tent to do whatever. Phinehas says, not on my watch, takes a javelin, goes into the tent, and the Bible says he thrusts both of them through. The man of Israel and the woman through her belly, so the plague stayed from the children of Israel. For whatever reason, the plague that had begun stayed from the chidr- children of Israel. And those that died in the plague were 24,000. 24,000 people, that's a lot. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Phinehas, The son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest has turned my wrath from the children of Israel. When he was zealous for my name's sake among them, when he was zealous for my sake among them, that I consumed not the children of Israel in my jealousy. Wherefore say, behold, I give unto him my covenant of peace. Who's he given a covenant of peace to? Phineas. One man. One man. Who just decided, uh, I've had enough. One man. I'm going to do something about it. One man. It sounds a little bit ridiculous to me, a little bit over the top. One man takes, goes into the tank, goes to that place, and says, Be done with you both. One man, verse 12, backing up. Wherefore, say, behold, I give unto him my covenant of peace, and he shall have it, and he shall have it, and his seed after him, even the covenant of an everlasting priesthood, because he was zealous for his God and made an atonement for the children of Israel. Now, the name of the Israelite that was slain, even that was slain, was the Midianitish woman was Zimri, the son of Selu, a prince of the chief house of the Semenites. And the name of the Midianitish woman that was slain was Cosby the daughter of Zer and he was head over a people and of a chief house of Midian and the Lord spake unto Moses saying vex the Midianites and smite them for they vex you with their wiles wherewith they have beguiled you in the matter of Peor, and in the matter of Cosby Cosby the daughter of the prince of Midian their sister which was slain in the day of the plague For Peor's sake. It's quite a story, isn't it? It had never really been revealed to me like that before. Why God stopped an entire plague and used the killing of one Midianite and one Moabite woman at that time. When they were killed, it was like the Bible says an atonement. And then he speaks about the zeal of one man. That peace will be a covenant of peace will be upon Phineas. An everlasting covenant of peace. And not only that, it will go to the seed of his children. This one man that said, no, enough is enough. As Bishop says, it stops here. I don't even, I don't even know if he really gave thought to it. It almost sounds like if it was just a reaction, it was the zeal of the Lord, elder heart. The people are wailing. They're crying out because their leaders, they're being killed and their heads are being hung because of their sin and their whoredom with the Moabites and the Midianites. And they're wailing and they're grieving. And in the middle of all that, one man, well, I'm sure he must have already been committed He must have already been consecrated. It wasn't just off the cuff of his sleeve. The walk, the dedication was already there. And in the middle of that congregation, one man reacted in such a way, it stopped the plague. It brought a covenant of peace upon him and his seed, his seed. How often do moms do we pray and have a desire for our seed? That the fruit, that the joys, that the anointing that I feel and I've experienced would go to my seed, to my children, to my son-in-laws, and then my grandchildren, and if, if I live long enough, their children that one act affected Phineas's seed. And stopped a plague. I was just over the top. And this all started by praying Psalms 106. And not knowing who Phineas was. I got two things. My takeaway. Your takeaway can be something else. That's just how awesome the word of the Lord is. He ministers to us each right where we are. In this story, it can be so many different things. I will say my takeaway was. Goes back to when Moses didn't feel confident enough in the journey God was taking him on and wanted a little help. So maybe he didn't look bad. I don't know. I won't read into what Moses If I could, if I could, if I saw Moses now, I would, I would kneel, even though I shouldn't, because he's not Jesus, but such a prophet, such a man that was chosen. But he hired a guide who happened to partake and be part of a clan that had other gods. And that guide traveled with them. He ate with them. Moses had good intention. He was saying, oh, walk with us. You're going to be blessed because you walk with me. You're going to be blessed because you're with me. Maybe he was blessed because he was with Moses. But one of Moses' responsibility as a shepherd over the three million or so children he was leading, there was influence. Sometimes I can handle something. But I don't do it because my granddaughter won't be able to handle it. It's wisdom. Elder heart. The influence. I'm strong enough. I can handle it. But because of the mix of the influence, those around me that are maybe... um, not as consecrated, maybe not as old, maybe the enemies after them because they're a prized possession because they're going to be so awesome in the kingdom of God, uses them to trip them up. There was a couple of things, my takeaway, that was one of them. The other was one person, one person, if I was going to have another boy, which thank the Lord, I'm not having any more children, but. I don't know. I'm going to have more grandchildren. I know. That's what Sarah said, Elderheart. I'm getting close to being that old. Yes, sir. But um, I can have more grandchildren. Caleb, if you have another boy, maybe you ought to name him Phineas. Because that's just how powerful that name is, Lorraine. I see you now. So I all of a sudden just adore that name. I do. We could call him Finn for short. And then some might say, Huck Finn. No, it's Phineas. The one man that rose up and drove a spear through those sinners. Ew, gruesome. I don't want to hang out with you. So it's just going over. <laughs> Phineas. One person who said, it stops here. Let's just take care of this. It was one person. That one person for me in my life was my aunt. Her name is Mavis. She did not give up on me. She chased me around for three years trying to talk me into a Bible study. I finally took one, and I gave my life to the Lord. That one person for some people is the Sunday school teacher that shows up every week and loves those children and prays for them. That one person just drawing names out of of the air. Nona Freeman. That one person. Who was she, she thought. But she went and she obeyed. That one person. The Rosa Parks. Let's just get out of the Bible a little bit. The Rosa Parks, the small thing of not giving up her seat on the bus. That one person. That spoke loudly to me. And for me as a mother, a handmaiden of God, a wife, a grandmother, I want to be that one person that everyone that I come in contact with, somehow they're affected to, to draw closer to God. Imagine Phineas. Now you know who he is. Imagine. Brother Hart.
0: Hallelujah. I'd like us to pray right now. There's a strong current of the spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. amana. Elo bokoshiti arabaka reti arabashitiare kitahara nekumaroshiti arabaka retoloboshiti amande ki arabaka tahaya. Ilotosiama reko tahaya. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I, uh, I'm Mark, there are many, there are several of you here. You are, you are first generation. That's significant. There are, there comes a, somewhere along the way, there's someone that says, this stops with me. This is what we just heard from the word of the Lord that going to share That this stops here. My place and my calling in the kingdom of God changes the direction for my family and all those that come after me and my family. I'm drawing a line. I'm to use this I'm putting a stake in the ground that says from this point forward the generations in my family that come after are not reflective of that which came before. I'm setting a line, I'm setting a standard, whatever you want to call it. But you as a child of God, filled with the Spirit of God, have an authority upon your life to set that marker that says, from this day forward, any of your children, you can impact it. With what you put in the ground in your life right now, it can impact it. You may not see how now, but I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, you can impact it by setting some things in the ground. Philomena you may not be able to change the past but you can change the future by what you set in the ground in relationship with God and where you stand Phinehas set a direction and you have to look he didn't see it in his lifetime but dig in the scripture a little bit further I thought Sister Schoonover was going to keep going there it would have been just fine you have to go to his son and his grandson and his grandson and his grandson you have to go 13 generations later From Phineas, his son, his grandson, his great grandson, his great great grandson, his great 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 grandson. Just keep going right down. His son, his son, son, his son, son. Thirteen generations later there was a priest that came. His name was Ezra. It was Ezra that is responsible for pulling all of the books of the Old Testament together into a single unit. It's Ezra that's responsible for the fulfillment of the prophecy that came 70 years before through Jeremiah. Ezra was 13 generations later from Phinehas. It was the fulfillment of God's promise of a covenant to him and all of his generations after him. Ezra's just one of them out of those generations. See, we don't think 13 generations down when we make decisions for God. But I'm telling you, I, do I believe the Lord? I, do I believe we got another 13 generations before he comes? I don't believe so. But I didn't think I'd live to be looking at 50 either. Moms. Dads, individual children of God. There needs to be some driving of some things into the ground in mine and your life. That says, no, this ends, this dies right here and goes no further. There's some things that have to be determined that way have to be determined that way. And you as a child of God, with the authority of God on your life, God will do that through your life. Amen? Amen? I believe the Lord, through his word tonight, has been quickening things into your spirit. You know, there's a word of the day. Not of the day. It's been a word of the decade. It's probably one of my least favorite words. Tolerance. Tolerance. Might as well say compromise. Tolerance. As a child of God. You know, there's some things I decided along the way. I would not tolerate in my house. I was having a conversation with Sister Flowers a few weeks or a few months ago. I was sort of laughing. She said, you know, you always, you were pretty strict and hard on your kids. Well, I didn't think I was. She said, oh, yes, you were. Well, I don't know about all that still, but we can debate that another time or another day. But maybe I have to ask my, but I had determined I really had, I had determined there's some things I'm not going to give room to the enemy in the lives of my children. He can take his shot once they're out of my house. But as long as they're in my house, I'm going to instill some things so that when they're not in my house, they'll have a firm foundation and footing. Moms, dads, you got these kids that are 5, 6, 10, 12, 13 Draw some lines in the sand and say, not in my house. You say, well, but I've already opened the door. Then close it. I'll never forget a statement. I'm really trying to be done here. I'll never forget a statement that was made uh, years ago. Um, I believe Brother Ellis made it. I heard a similar statement from Brother Jesse Williams when I was younger even. So I don't know who gets credit for it. We'll give the Lord credit. I'm sure that's where it came from. And it was the idea that whatever I do in, what was the word? Um, Not mediocrity. Moderation. Thank you, Brother Flowers. Whatever I do in moderation, my children will do in excess. Because they saw my moderation as acceptance. And so, therefore, they took it one step further. And what I do in moderation, they will do in excess. I've seen it to be true. This is so important tonight. This is so important. That we understand what the Lord is trying to say to us about driving some things in. And what it does. The, I'd never, when she was reading that, the Lord was blowing my mind there in Psalm 106. The response of the Lord. That's how much it meant to the Lord. Why don't we stand together? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Parents. Sometimes it's not about is it right or is it wrong? It's about do I even want to open the door to that because of where it could end up. And so you just aren't determined, no, I'm not even opening that door. Amen. Praise God. Why don't we pray again? Would you talk to the Lord a little bit where you are? Now, I know I've referenced parents several times, but if you're not a parent, don't dismiss this tonight. You have impact in your home. You have impact in your marriage. You have impact in your own life. All right. Now, it doesn't mean you get to Walk out and start saying, Man, I'm gonna whip my kids in line, but you start setting some lines and letting the Holy Ghost lead you in these things. Well, let's talk to the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus, by the illumination of your spirit and word, Lord, we will respond to that which you speak to us. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. By the illumination of your spirit, by the witness of your word, Father, we will respond. Thank you for your love and declaration to us, O God. We desire to be your people, set apart unto you for your purpose and your glory. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for the clear sound of your word. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Thank you for being here tonight. This is a word you're going to have to take and continue to chew on and continue to take to your closet of prayer and walk through your home and pray about. Amen. Let the Lord quicken to your spirit again and again. Can we do that? Why don't you just, why don't you just pray this with me? Lord, seal this word into my spirit. God, seal this word into my spirit. I don't want to walk out of here and have felt some convicting of the spirit of the Lord in the moment. But then, Lord, seal this word into my spirit. Lead me. Let me act upon the word. Let me be a doer of the word. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. The Lord bless you. Thank you, Sister Schoonover. And we will see you Sunday, if not before. Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. You don't want to miss Sunday, by the way. 10.30 in the prayer room. It all starts there.